Hi, my name is Pastor Sheena Cameron. And I'm Reverend Gerald Cameron. And welcome to Word Up, a community where preachers grow. So when the devil try to take me down, remember James 1 and 12 receiving that crown. Satan had me bound. See, I was lost and found. I put my faith in ye. Now I got angels around. So open up your gospel. This feeling is colossal. Feel like we back in Jerusalem. Talk with the apostles. I walk with the Messiah. It's he who takes us higher. See, I've arrived and baptized to God. We're excited to be back again this week. Uh, this week, we are journeying to the gospel lesson. Uh, the gospel lesson, which is found in the gospel of Mark. Chapter 4, verses 26 through 34. Uh, for those who are lectionary preachers, you know that we will be in Mark for quite a while uh, in this year B. Uh, but this week in particular, we are in uh, the parable, specifically the parable of the sower. Yeah, and I wanted to just kind of get us back reoriented to Mark because just to switch our heads back and forth, um, if you are going to journey in a lectionary, and Mark is the shortest gospel, and it is what we consider to be the earliest written gospel from which Matthew and Luke and so forth get their um, content, a lot of their content from obviously a little bit elaborated in Matthew and Luke as those gospels are longer. But the one thing that I wanted to say about Mark is Mark begins the gospel genre because the book of Mark begins, this is the good news of Jesus Christ. And we go straight into Jesus' baptism. There is no birth narrative. There is no um, Mary and Joseph. We're going straight into adult Jesus right before ministry. And Mark sort of hits the ground running from there. The other piece that I think that's pointed about Mark, which is good, I think, for us. And especially if we feel as though we're teaching Christians who are budding Christians or Christians who may feel that... There's a lot that they don't understand and they bring a lot of questions. I think Mark is a good gospel for that because in Mark, um, the disciples are kind of like, they don't understand. Um, we Scholars call that the Mark in secret. But in Mark, Jesus uses a lot of parables because the disciples are actually trying to grasp what does the kingdom of God mean and what does all what, they know that they're called by Jesus but they're still throughout the book of Mark they're just trying to put together what does discipleship even mean right and one thing about Mark and I think you you, you touched on it briefly is so different from uh, the other gospels in part because of its attention to detail. In Mark, you will find um, a lot of imagery. You will find a lot of detail that may not be found in the other Gospels, specifically Matthew and Luke. And so this attention that Mark plays uh, with bringing us uh, into the picture, bringing us literally into the fold, I think it's very important uh, which is why at, if you're going to preach this this week, you should really pay attention to some of the intentionality in uh, Mark's writings as he will emphasize some things that sometimes we glance over, but I believe are very important to Mark's account. 
one thing in particular uh, that my wife shared, and I want to I want to really move us into is unpacking this kingdom of God language. This is also um, a a unique marker for Mark. Get it? Yeah. As <laughs> <laughs> like a that. unique marker for Mark is that his emphasis on the kingdom of God. Um, in fact, in verse twenty six, the kingdom of God can be compared to this. Uh, and, and I want to note something for a minute because for the reader, right, for the average uh, person that will, if you're going to preach this text, um, when they think of kingdom of God, they may think of a place or they may point to a thing. Uh, here in Mark, especially in, in, in this part of the pericope, the kingdom or the word kingdom is not necessarily a place. But rather, if you go and do a word study, uh, it really means dominion or power. So this conversation in Mark is explaining the power or the dominion or the rule of God here on earth. And I think that's so important because as we go further in this pericope, it'll further explain or set the grounding for what the power of God is can and will do in the lives of the disciples, which is why uh, they had a hard time really unpacking this and trying to understand uh, 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 this power that God has. But uh, as they go through ministry, as they go from place to place, this power, this dominion, this rule, um, they begin to understand it more because it's working within them. And talk about the placement of chapter four in Mark, since we're talking about places. Yes. So this placement is a part of Jesus' teaching ministry. This is a parable. Um, this is a parable of the sower. So starting in uh, verse one of chapter four, and then right here in uh, verse 26 on to 34, uh, really trying to help his disciples and the hearers, right? So, 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 so there's a broader audience to understand and unpack um, what Jesus came to do and what Jesus is doing, right? In the in the in the present moment, and so I, I believe that that is the placement of Mark four. I believe it's very important to help understand what it helped the disciples and the future hearer to understand um, what the power of God is all about in a world that is literally jockeying for power. Yeah, and chapter four contains three parables, and the parable um, that the two parables that we have um, for this week. Um, are contained in the lectionary. And I just wanted to say that a parable um, is, is, is designed to be a brief um, utterance that's connected with a comparison or an image. And it could be considered like a simile um, because, again, we're saying the kingdom of God is like or... Um, this is like or just as and here's the thing about a parable when we were younger coming up in the old school church they um, 
taught us that a parable is an earthly story with an heavenly meaning. And I really wanted to take that definition further, although that will always be my Sunday school answer, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. I want to say it's an earthly story designed to reveal that meaning because there's a meaning to everything, but I think the parable's job is to reveal it in a way that the listeners can access it. And so Jesus in Mark um, is speaking on the hearer's language. And that I think is admirable. I mean, obviously we all love Jesus. We admire him, we adore him, et cetera, et cetera. But I think from the human standpoint, it's admirable because he is not a teacher who is speaking above you, but he's a teacher who wishes that you understand. And so that takes a bit of humility because you see it in the present day. It's people who want to show you what they know. And you're looking at them like, great, you said all this, but I don't understand what you mean. And I guess now we're still in the same predicament because if there's no understanding, it doesn't matter what the teacher or proctor is putting forward. And so I just really admire the fact that using agriculture, is something that people can access. And it's not meant to make them seem like, well, I have to stoop down to your level, but it's like, I want you to catch this. I want you to participate. In fact, um, he goes into in um, verse 30, he uses we. So I don't think we is accidental. Um, like Jesus doesn't know how to like use his own pronouns, but he is bringing himself into the situation, bringing himself again to the people's level saying, we are on this journey of the mystery of the kingdom of God and we are learning together. Right. And it's a relatable word where it's broken down um, to where the hearer can actually hear it. But I, but, but I want to actually go to the top part of this pericope, verses 26 to 27, because I believe there's something so important in this text, especially as we understand who is the one that grows the seed. Uh, in verse 26, he also says the kingdom of God, or as we said, the rule or dominion of God is as if somebody uh, or someone would scatter seed on the ground. And then it says in 27, and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. And I believe that's so important in this text and really un understanding it or even teaching it because it's not the planter or it's not the, the, the person that's sowing the seed that does the work. It's the soil. And what I mean by that is when the when the planter goes to plant the seed mark and this is a part of why i say that mark gives so much detail says the 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 person that sold the seed literally went off went to bed didn't do anything and woke up and the seed took flight and began to grow and if you sit with that for a minute and really 
let that marinate in your uh, marinate maybe in your sermon writing process or how you're going to unpack that it really teaches us the fact that whenever the word of god goes forth right wherever whenever the word of god is planted god is the one that does the growing god is the one that does the work inside the person um that's why i'm preaching i know a lot of times you know, you, 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 you do a sermon and it may not be, you may not feel like it's your best sermon. And then two days later, you receive an email or call and somebody may say, hey, pastor, I just want to let you know that word that that was shared. Uh, it really touched me. And you're, and you're scratching your head. You said, but I thought this, I thought the word that I gave wasn't uh, as clear or concise as it could be. Uh, but 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 the reality is God does the work in all this. God does the work in cultivating and moving. That's why I always tell people, my congregation, when I'm preaching, this is a living word, right? It takes flight in us. Um, we, we, we have the duty to share the word, to preach the word, but the work of the word, the living word, uh, is what God does. And so... Um, in a teaching moment for your for, for, for your members, you may want to share with them or encouraging them and witnessing, right? And, and wherever they are, whether they work in corporate America, whether they work at a school system, whether they work anywhere, uh, that, 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 that word that they share with somebody, that word that they uh, uh, share with a loved one, a family member, is not in vain. That, that, that God takes that word, God waters it, God literally shields it, 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 it fertilizes it, and then it it is sprung forth as uh, something that blesses that person. So I, I, I love this um, image in verses 26 and 27 of, um, uh, of a person going to the field, just throwing the seeds on the ground. And then it just takes off and then it just blossoms into something, uh, not only for, for, for the, not only for the person that sowed the seed, but also for generations ahead. See, that's the other part of it is that seed was sown so that generations could also rest on that tree that has been planted. Thank you. I mean, I think that we we did cover um, just a lot about this parable. And I think the one thing that I, I would encourage you as preachers to understand is that um, there's still going to be some mystery left and we can't explain out how things grow. <laughs> because obviously um, during that Bible time, they thought that plant growth and um, animal reproductions were acts of God. And it's interesting how like with more knowledge, we've gotten away from that. But I think, um, I personally think that we need to return back to that because it is, you know, an act of God. You know what I mean? We always say we'll, we'll have a date barring acts of God, but a lot of the things we experience on a day-to-day basis are acts of God. You ask any farmer, anybody who watches Queen Sugar, you ask anybody whose life depends on whether a seed grows or not, and they will tell you that, yes, there is a lot of things you can do prep work-wise, but 
we are all subject to um, God and the weather that God brings and the conditions that God brings. And so I just want to encourage you that you may not explain out this sermon the way you want to. But again, the goal is to connect it with the hearers. Amen. Well, we pray that the Lord will bless you this week in your preaching and declaring God's word uh, as we journey uh, together in ministry. So God bless you. God keep you until we meet again. And thank you for joining us here at Word Up, a community where preachers grow.